I just wanted to give you guys an update or two following up to the family council episode. Um, that was an episode that was about the righteous principle and teaching about family council and the role it plays within our families and our lives. And um, the bliss that came from following that good counsel, unfortunately, did not last. But you know what? That's okay. I know that my sons and their girlfriends learned a lot. I've seen some very good changes that have been blessings in their lives. There are some issues still, but you that's life. All I can do now is to be a good example of a peacemaker, which lately seems to be so difficult with my hectic and insane schedule. Plus, we've just had one bad news after another this week, and things just seem to be piling up. But I encourage them always to do what's right. Ultimately, God will not tread on their agency, and neither will I. It's up to them now, and I have faith in my sons and their girlfriends. Plus, I pray. You know, I pray mightily and hope that my faith will bless their lives and bring peace amongst them. I know that when a loving parent prays on the behalf of their children, that faith trickles down and that God definitely hears and answers those prayers. I also received a DM this week on Instagram from a gentleman who explained to me that he knew all Mormons worked for the CIA and infiltrated the Middle East. He further told me to play Call of Duty, and that will help me to understand how China is going to take over the good old U.S. of A. <laughs> I, <laughs> I get some interesting stuff, which helps me practice the doctrine of Jesus Christ in my life. Um, sometimes I'm successful and sometimes not so much. But I got to tell you, I'm learning patience, so that's good. I've been told that patience is the gateway virtue after all. And on with the show. This is Stephanie Colvin with LDS Real People Real Lives Podcast, and I will be your host. Thank you so much for joining us and taking time out of your busy schedule to make some time for yourself, to recharge your spiritual batteries, maybe find some inspiration for your life as we continue to share, open up, and be vulnerable, sharing our lives and what we learn. The biggest education I have had the last few years is how to use the gospel, the doctrine and the teachings to reconcile the very hard and insanely difficult in my life. And that is why I love this gospel so very much. I know from experience the virtue, majesty, and divinity found within. Firsthand knowledge is what we acquire through our experiences and applying the gospel doctrine and teaching in our lives. This week's guest is a wonderful sister in my ward who has graciously shared of herself, her testimony, her faith about Jesus Christ. And that will be coming up a bit later, so don't go away. She is a convert. She joined the church when she was younger, I think in elementary school. So you won't want to miss what she has to say about the role Jesus Christ has played in her life and what she has learned. And these are precious pearls of wisdom and many treasures. It's the pearls of wisdom and treasures that we read about in the scriptures. And I don't know about you, but I miss fast and testimony meeting. So I have really been enjoying these people that have so graciously shared of themselves, their faith and their testimony and what they know to be true. And as we reach out beyond our own little world and spheres here to hopefully help others, 
that just need to hear what's going on. You know, that's what Fast and Testimony was for me too. I loved hearing how people could see the hand of God and Christ in their lives by recognizing the blessings and recognizing the hardships, but also how they made it through the hardship and how Heavenly Father had provided for them and that Christ truly was just that rock of utter support and love, forgiveness and mercy and direction. You know, Christ will always be a liahona for us. After all, he is the ultimate exemplar. And so I thought it would be very appropriate this week to follow up to last week's episode of Trust in God and Have Confidence in Him. And we're going to talk about all things Christ this week. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. And thanks again for joining us. We've got a good episode coming up for you. The life of Christ was predicted long before his birth. And I am actually taking some of this from chapter 11, titled The Life of Christ in the Gospel Gospel Principles book. I love that book because it was the book that really helped us to understand and come to to know the gospel doctrine of Jesus Christ. And, um, you know, especially for my husband when he uh, was baptized in 2013. Every person who comes to earth depends on Jesus Christ to fulfill the promise that he made in heaven to be our savior. Without him, the plan of salvation would have failed. And because his mission was necessary, all of the prophets from Adam to Christ testified that he would come. All of the prophets since Christ have testified that he did come. And all of us need to truly spend some time studying the life of the Savior and follow him faithfully throughout our lives. You know, Christ is our ultimate exemplar. And he, whenever you get lost, I know for me, whenever I kind of lose my focus or I get lost because I'm dealing with so much, um, especially because I've only been back in the gospel since 2013, I tend to have some old habits that just really die hard. And one of them is my mouth. My mouth, you know, being raised with boys and, you know, a, a dad who was in the services. I, I've got these sayings that get stuck in my head and I regurgitate them. And oftentimes I just want to grab them, box them up and put them back in my mouth. And I'm trying to break these bad habits. And when I'm really struggling, you know, I have thought about the Savior and who he is and what he did while he was here, his utter composure, uh, even when Lucifer was tempting him, he he really is someone that we can look to. He truly is our Leahona, and I am so grateful for the light that he's given to us. Adam learned that the Savior's name would be Jesus Christ, and Enoch saw that Jesus would die upon the cross and then be resurrected. Noah and Moses also testified of him about 800 years before the Savior was born on the earth. Isaiah foresaw his life. And when Isaiah saw the grief and sorrow that the Savior would suffer to pay the price for our sins, he said, He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. 
he has brought as a lamb to the slaughter. You know, and as I really think about that, I've seen the videos, and I'm sure you've seen the videos. Um, and as I really envision and lay hold upon the words, the imagery, and everything that he has done for us, there's no way that I would have kept my mouth shut. And like I said, that's one of the biggest things that I deal with. And there's just no way. And even while he was on the cross, nailed to the cross, nailed to the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Could we all be like that with people who we view as maybe enemies, people who have harmed us, people who have hurt us and wounded us very deeply? Can we say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do? It's definitely a goal. I, You know, they, the teaching is, is to be perfect in Christ, but we know that we are not going to be perfect in this life. So we do the best we can. And sometimes the things that we work on before, we may forget over time. And then there's something that's going to remind us to work on it once again. And that will continually happen until we graduate and take our last breath and go back home. And it's okay. I think the biggest thing I want to convey today is that through the atonement, which is so empowering and gives us Christ's grace, gives us his mercy, the forgiveness, the love. He truly is our advocate with the Father. That we can turn to the atonement and we can find a release from the hard that we put on ourselves, the things that we say to ourselves. You know, I feel like we can be very cruel to us. I know I can be very mean to myself. I see my husband do it. I see my children do it. And I have to remind myself and them, when would you ever talk to anybody else like that? And for me, I just, you know, I studied out the atonement at one point, especially when I did the atonement episode, and it really helped me to understand that the atonement is empowering. So are we laying hold upon the word and are we being believing? This is huge. We must be believers. King Benjamin, another Nephite prophet, about 124 years before Jesus was born, he foresaw the Savior's life. And he said, For behold, the time cometh, and it is not far distant, that with power the Lord omnipotent who reigneth, who was and is from all eternity to all eternity, shall come down from heaven among the children of men, and shall dwell in a tabernacle of clay, and shall go forth amongst men, working mighty miracles such as healing the sick, raising the dead, causing the lame to walk, the blind to receive their sight, and the deaf to hear, and curing all manner of diseases. And he shall cast out devils or the evil spirits which dwell in the hearts of the children of men, and lo, he shall suffer temptations and pain of body, hunger, thirst, and fatigue, even more than man can suffer, except it be unto death. For behold, blood cometh from every pore, so great shall be his anguish for the wickedness and the abominations of his people. And he shall be called Jesus Christ, 
the Son of God, the Father of heaven and earth, the creator of all things from the beginning, and his mother shall be called Mary. What would you ever do without this knowledge? Knowing that he has paid all of your debts. Every last wrong you've made, sin, transgression, from the time that you have been born to this very second that you're listening to this episode and you're hearing my voice, he has paid for all of your debt. But how do you use the empowerment of the atonement? It is through living the very simple and very true teaching of repentance. And this is a wonderful gift that our loving Redeemer, Jesus Christ, has given to us. He knew that we needed it. He led a perfect life. From his youth, Jesus obeyed all that was required of him by our Heavenly Father. And under the guidance of his mother, Mary and Joseph, Jesus grew much as other children grow. He loved and obeyed the truth. And Luke tells us, And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. By the time he was 12 years old, Jesus had grown in his understanding that he had been sent to do the will of his father. He went with his parents to Jerusalem. When his parents were returning home, they discovered that he was not with their group, and they went back to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, and they were hearing him and asking him questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. There was only one person who could do this for us, and he had to be half mortal, half divine. He had to be pure. And this is what Jesus Christ has done for each of us, not just people in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. He has done it for everybody who lives on this earth, who has lived on this earth, and who will live on this earth. So it had to be a sacrifice of mortal and divinity. And Jesus Christ stood up and stood out for us with great love, stating to Heavenly Father, not my will, but thine. So, you know, to have these truths in our lives are so important. I think as we study out the Book of Mormon right now in the Come Follow Me program, um, you know, we have some great reminders and teachings. And I love the questions that they ask in Come Follow Me, such as, you know, think about, really think about what you would do if you did not have this piece of knowledge. In the Book of Mormon, it shows two societies, the Lamanites and the Nephites, right? And the Lamanites didn't have the knowledge. They didn't have the word. It wasn't passed down from generation to generation, but the Nephites had it. And what were the differences between the two? And that is one of the many reasons why I'm so grateful to be born at this time during this dispensation. The world now is unlike any other time that it's ever been. And here we are living through it. You, me, the people we see, the people that we're amongst as we go out through our daily lives, we were all reserved for this time and dispensation to come here. 
to do the Lord's work, to gather Israel, to do missionary work, and to do genealogy work. This is our calling, and this is what we're to do. And Christ has certainly led the charge, and I'm so grateful to him. I love him so very much. So when I think about Jesus Christ, you know, the character traits that come to my mind are meekness, humility, charity, hope, love. He's a great example of being obedient, repenting. You know, he was baptized. He didn't need to be baptized, but he did get baptized. And why? So that he could be the leader, the head of our church, that by his example, we may know what we need to do and where we need to go in order to return home. I also think about the atonement. I absolutely love the atonement. If you ever get a chance to study out the atonement and journal while you're doing it, please do. It's so, you really start to understand how much you mean to to the Savior as well as Heavenly Father and even the Holy Ghost, how perfect this plan of salvation is and how they've provided for everything, literally everything. And that knowledge to me gives me so much comfort and security. It also helps me to know how important I am to them, who I am and understanding my identity, my spiritual identity as well as my temporal identity because they go hand in hand. So, you know, Alma 9 verse 26 says, And not many days hence the Son of God shall come in His glory, and His glory shall be the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace, equity, and truth, full of patience, mercy, and long-suffering, quick to hear the cries of His people and to answer their prayers. What a wonderful scripture so many wonderful tidbits of knowledge. He is going through Jesus Christ, his life and his sacrifice, all will be made right. We just need to be patient. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 it says, "I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me." Lay hold upon those words. Do you believe it? Do you feel it? Do you know it? I have a uh, chalkboard in my kitchen and I write these scriptures down so that as I'm doing dishes and cooking dinner, um, well, even walking through the kitchen, I can look at them and it reminds me as I struggle to balance my mortality and the way my brain works uh, with my spirituality and the inspiration that comes. Elder Jeffrey R. Holland Don't you just love him? He's such a wonderful apostle of the Lord. He's such a sweet, sweet man. And when he talks, it just really pierces my heart. He says, come, Christ says lovingly, come follow me. Wherever you're going, first come and see what I do. See where and how I spend my time. Learn of me, walk with me, talk with me, believe. Listen to me pray. In turn, you will find answers to your own prayers, and God will bring rest to your souls. Come, follow me. Of course, that's the Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, Paraphrased by Elder Holland in a talk that he gave, 
and uh, about Christ and his life. And, you know, these are how grateful we are to have modern day prophet and apostles to truly be the mouthpiece of the Lord, to teach us, to guide us, to help us to know right from wrong, to give us these pearls and treasures to hold fast to so that we may endure. I remember the commandment is to endure it well. So I'm not very good at that. I have to admit, I'm not very good at that. Um, But I try. And I think, you know, I find a lot of comfort in the fact that Heavenly Father knows my heart. You know, another uh, trait of the Savior that I absolutely wholeheartedly just like a magnet to is His meekness. The Savior is our supreme example, the power of humility and submissiveness. After all, his submitting his will to the Father brought about the greatest and even the most powerful event in all of history. Perhaps some of the most sacred words in all the scriptures are simply, not my will, but thine be done. And that's Luke chapter 22, verse 42. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we always seek to be like him. Meekness is vital for us to become more Christ-like, said Elder Suarez of the 70. Actually, he's an apostle now. Without it, we won't be able to develop other important virtues. Being meek does not mean weakness. And I know the world definitely thinks that it's a weakness, but it's a spiritual strength. It, it does mean behaving with goodness and kindness, showing strength, serenity, healthy self-worth, and self-control. Now, as I read that long list there, I can tell you I have to work on all of it. The goodness, kindness, the showing strength, a healthy self-worth and self-control and serenity. But these are important teachings and we need to take it to heart. We cannot do the Lord of the work if we are contrary to receiving inspiration it's really hard for us to hear the spirit when we're negative and we're putting ourselves down um you know we're not grateful for the bodies and the health that we've been given um when we can't be kind and stand up and stand out for the lord in a righteous way so as we work to develop this attribute we will find that humbly submitting our will to the father brings us the empowerment of god which is the power of humility. It is the power to meet life's adversities, the power of peace, the power of hope, the power of a heart throbbing with a love for and testimony of the Savior Jesus Christ, even the power of redemption. I definitely have a fire in my bones for the gospel. Brigham Young said that. I read that once and it has stuck with me because that describes my passion, my love and devotion for the gospel of Jesus Christ as well. Um, These other attributes I'm always going to be working on. Hope, peace, meeting life's adversities with hope and peace, especially now with all that I've got going on. It just seems like my life never slows down. And there's always something to do, something to learn, something to share, something to conquer, something that maybe I need to step back and just find peace in the midst of all the whirlwinds that are going on around me and just be okay with it. Because you know what? It's the world. It's earth, a celestial state. 
it is what it is. And I, I, you know, we have control over very little, but what we do have control over is our faith and our actions. So when we talk about humility, humility is one of the uh, dominant principles that the Lord taught in the Beatitudes. I love reading the Beatitudes to his disciples that were gathered at the Sermon on the Mount and then later to the Nephites that were on the American continent. Christ said, blessed are they who come down into the depths of humility and are baptized. Yea, blessed are the poor in spirit who come unto me, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are all the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. When his disciples asked him who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, Jesus called the little child to come to him and chided them, saying, Whosoever shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Jesus always pointed out that his father was the source of his power and knowledge. Uh, he never boasted about it or said that it, it was his. He always, always made it very clear that he was on the mission of his heavenly father and that everything he did was for him. At the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus went into the temple and taught, My doctrine is not mine, but this that sent me. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. And that's John chapter 7, verses 16 and 18. Later, Jesus testified, I do nothing of myself. But as my father hath taught me, I speak these things, for I do always those things that please him, and I seek not mine own glory. Many wonderful teachings and also good reminders. We are never going to be like Jesus Christ. Let us remember, his mom was mortal, his father a God, an omniscient God. But... He's a good example. He's a good liahona for us to turn and look to whenever we have questions or doubts or we're not sure of our path or how to behave or what to think or what to believe. You can always look to the Savior and find direction and solid ground. The next attribute, of course, is charity. Mormon talks about charity. And he was compelled to do so because he saw that his whole civilization will collapse because of the lack of charity. And Mormon says, And charity suffereth long, and is kind, and envieth not, and is not puffed up, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, and rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. But charity is the pure love of Christ, and it endureth forever. And whoso is found possessed of it at the last day, it should be well with him. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, pray unto the Father with all the energy of heart, that ye may be filled with this love which he hath bestowed upon all who are true followers of his Son, Jesus Christ, that ye may become the sons and daughters of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, that we may have this hope 
that we may be purified even as he is pure. I just love Mormon. When he was gathering the books and the knowledge, you know, to put into the Book of Mormon, and he was given vision to see what we were going to be dealing with, it's not a coincidence that he included charity. Mormon went on to elaborate that charity is the pure love of Christ and it endureth forever. So the Greek word translated as charity in 1 Corinthians 13 can be used to describe both the love of God and the highest form of love people have for each other. This is how the word is used in the Book of Mormon as well. So charity is love. Once we begin to love others with God's love, the love we have allowed God to fill us with, we can become the sons and daughters of God, that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When we are filled with God's love and share it with others, we become like God who also seeks to share his love with mankind. And we need to have these experiences. After all, we're here. This is a proving ground for us to become like Heavenly Father. And these are important, important education for us to acquire, to learn before we pass and come to understand and live. The next wonderful Christ-like attribute that I absolutely love because I need this in daily doses, probably hourly doses, is hope. Hope is the confident expectation of and longing for the promised blessings of righteousness. The scriptures often speak of hope as anticipation of eternal life through faith in Jesus Christ. The word hope is sometimes misunderstood. In our everyday language, the word can kind of hint of uncertainty. Um, and I've discussed this with my husband, Jed, before, uh, but in the gospel, the word hope is sure and unwavering and it's active. Prophets speak of having a firm hope and a lively hope. The prophet Moroni taught, whoso believeth in God might with surety hope for a better world, even a place at the right hand of God, which hope cometh of faith maketh an anchor to the souls of men, which would make them sure and steadfast, always abounding in good works, being led to glorify God. And don't we need that right now? Look at everything that is going on in the world. I'm in California. Our entire state is on fire. Oregon's on fire. I think there's a fire in Washington state. I mean, literally the West Coast is on fire. And that smoke is trickling to all the states next to us. And then we've got the riots, we have the looting, we have the protests, we have a lot of unrest. And I have never seen people in my entire life argue so much over politics. And it has torn friendships, relationships, families apart. We need to remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ and the plan of salvation, this fight between good and evil, Christ is always going to come out on top. He is going to triumph. He is triumphant. He has overcome the world. And hope is what we need. We need to have a lively hope and a firm hope. And remember that President Nelson said about COVID-19, this too shall pass. Have faith and don't give up hope. When we have hope, we trust God's promises we have a quiet assurance that if we do the works of righteousness, that we shall receive our reward, even peace in this world and eternal life in the world to come. 
Mormon taught that such hope comes only through the atonement of Jesus Christ. What is it that ye shall hope for? Behold, I say unto you that ye shall have hope through the atonement of Christ and the power of his resurrection to be raised unto life eternal, and this because of your faith in him according to the promise. And that's Moroni chapter 7 verse 41. You know, when we talk about what Christ did while he was here on earth, the ministering that he did, he changed lives. The gospel changes lives. The gospel changes hearts, the hearts of men and women. The gospel makes us anew, become a whole new person. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ as found in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You know, other attributes and traits of the Savior is love. Don't you just feel the love that he has for you? I have pictures of him all over my home. And I've done that really just because for the first time in my life, I'm living the gospel and I want my home to be a reflection of who I believe in, who I am a disciple of, who I invite to be with me every second of every day, and who I worship. And I love my Savior, Jesus Christ. I have had some wonderful, very special spiritual experiences, and I just want you to know based on those experiences that I've had, that Christ loves perfectly and he loves you perfectly. Remember, he's a God too. And he knows you. He knows you. He knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He knows you. And he still loves you with all of your flaws and your imperfections, with the things that you've done in your life. You know, we don't escape this world without having committed transgressions and sin and, you know, have done egregious things to other people. It's just the nature of this experience. And that is why we have the atonement and the gift of repentance. That too is love. Christ is a great example of obedience. He gave Heavenly Father exact obedience. But remember, as you apply this and lay hold upon the word in your life, in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, that you will never be able to give exact obedience because you are not Jesus Christ. So we just give and do the best that we can. And when we make mistakes, we what? We repent. What a wonderful way for us to be released from the bondage, the shackles, and the heavy weight of sin. I shared with you a little bit earlier about a very sweet sister in my ward. She's actually the Relief Society president. Now, I think that she took that role on this year, and she has been a wonderful Relief Society president. Even with all of the challenges, we cannot meet, we don't see each other, and she's still coordinating the monthly Relief Society activities, and she is very good and diligent about staying in communication with all of us sisters. She's so supportive and so loving. And I think this is another example of Christ-like love, honestly, is when we say yes to these callings that have been asked of us and we're set apart. I've been in the Relief Society presidency before and all of a sudden I went from being very aware of these sisters and knowing that they're there and having some good relationships 
to feeling this intense love when I was set apart to be in the Relief Society presidency, feeling this intense love for every single one of them that came through the door, having this desire to want to hug and be close to them, to embrace them in hopes that through my demonstration of love, that they can feel the Savior's love for them. And that's what my lovely good friend, Deborah Mansfield, has done for me. My life has been so challenging and that never seems to change. And she listens and she cares and she shares of herself. She shares her heart and she shares her testimony and faith of our beloved Savior, Jesus Christ. And she is coming up next. So listen in. She's got a great story to share. And again, if you miss fast and testimony, you're not going to want to miss this. relationship with Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. I was very blessed in my youth, in sixth grade in fact, to meet a group of um, classmates and on the playground that belonged to the Church of Jesus Christ. And I, at that time, was just attracted to them basically because they got along, they were kind, they had, they were happy, they showed respect to each other, to those around them, and also their teacher which was huge so I was drawn to them and as the year went by and uh, we went into junior high I started attending the youth groups during the week and then Sunday school and again as I got to know their families and their their instructors and etc I was attracted to again this feeling of of happiness and joy that they just emanated from them and then as I got to know, uh, became dear friends with a few of them, was in their homes, also at different functions and activities. And again, the same peace and joy emanated from them. I look back now and realize that this was the testimonies of um, uh, their examples were testimonies of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. And it, it, it emanated through their kids and everything that they did and I am very grateful for that start in the gospel um, I joined the church a year or two later and I've been a member for over 50 years I uh, believe that this personal testimony that I acquired and attained in my youth has benefited me in every way from choosing a um, husband um, figuring out where we want to live work how to deal with illnesses that come into our lives, whether it's in my family or with parents, how to deal with difficult situations such as death, how to deal with social changes and climate changes, how to deal with wars and rumors and all of these rumors of wars and the different social things that we're seeing even today. I am grateful for this youthful belief that I acquired. It's gotten me through many years of um, good, bad, and actually maybe even indifferent would be a word because a testimony, t testimony to me is like exercising and we have to constantly be working on it. Um, I found for myself that I created my own basics. 
I found that if I'm reading my scriptures, or I'm not, there's a huge feeling in, in my week and how the days are going. And when I'm starting to feel like things aren't going so well, I go back to basics and I start with prayer and scripture reading. And I work on um, making sure that I am paying a little more attention to what I'm reading and asking for understanding as I read. I also find that after I've done that, I need to go forth and keep those commandments which Heavenly Father has taught me and be like Jesus Christ, His Son, and do the things that we have been asked to do. It's just not enough to have the knowledge. I have to have action with it. And um, then, as I'm going along, I fast and pray and ponder and think about what I've learned. And that, in turn, helps me. But the fifth thing that really ties it all up in a bow for me is serving others. I find that a lot of how I keep my testimony going is helping others. For some reason, I feel the spirit more often when I have done something for somebody else, whether it's my immediate family, my church family, um, it can be any person out in the community. Um, whenever I feel that little inspiration daily that I need to go do something, I try to, to hearken and listen to that because the problem is when I don't I might be missing a really good opportunity to learn and generally it's a it's something I've been wanting to know for a long time like I mentioned before I received um, my youth conversion but I also received another one after I was married and we had started having children etc and I feel I received an adult conversion I truly, again, was it was brought to my great, oh, I don't even know how to say it. I, it, was, it was an affirmation that Jesus Christ really is there. Heavenly Father is really there. The Holy Ghost is really there. And the, prophet, the prophets speak to us with truth and knowledge. And what a blessing in this day and age. I'm grateful that I believe all the scriptures. I'm grateful for that small thing. And I'm grateful is the older I get, the more I understand them as I put in the time and the effort to try and understand them. Um, and I wish I was, um, I wish I was able to um, truly pick out stuff immediately. I've never been able to do that. But I remember the stories. I remember the thoughts. I remember the sequences of the scripture stories, and they don't leave me. They, they're with me, and I can pull them out when I need them, and I am so grateful for that. I pray daily as a grandmother with eight grandchildren for my grandchildren, and that keeps me going. Because I don't want to lose a single one of them any more than I want to lose any of my sisters and brethren in the ward or my family. I don't want to lose anybody. I want, I want everybody to be strong. I want to be together forever. And I pray constantly that the parents of my grandchildren that are my children and they as, as individuals and as couples 
will keep their testimonies strong and that they will stay close to Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father, that they also will continue to listen to the Spirit so that they might make good, solid decisions that will help them with their family. Um, I've tried to teach them that there is no better partner than, uh, partners on earth than Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father. They are the answer in any walk of our life, whether it's our personal work, anything, church, relationships, I don't care what it is. They are the best partners and the best go-to people to talk to. And they will not let us down. They are there and we truly, I truly believe that. They are truly there for us. And I've tried, I hope, to get that through to my kids. It's through the gift of the Holy Ghost that we will receive all truth of any knowledge that we are seeking. And those small aff affirmations, sometimes we really have to listen for them. And sometimes they come, like I said, through other people and situations and circumstances. And I need to be better about writing down those times when they do because it's easy to forget. And forgetting is the scariest part, I think, of any testimony, is that we don't want to become indifferent or forget. I am so grateful for this gospel. I'm thankful for Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. I'm, I'm particularly thankful for Jesus Christ and what he has done for us, that I have the opportunity to repent daily and continue to try to improve. And I'm thankful that they are there to help me with every thought that I have in my head that I might realize, is it fact? What is it? Am I supposed to act upon this? Am I supposed to ignore it? That they will help me move forward in all the current things that we have going on in our lives, including COVID, including um, continuing to make decisions at a different age in my life. Um, helping those around me, um, etc. I can move forward, and if I will keep to my basics of reading the scriptures, of praying, of constantly seeking out the Lord and all that I do, I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be doubtful, and I can have the peace because I will be able to see the abundance even in small things. And it's those small little things that we can see first that brings more of each and I am so grateful for these truths that have been given to me I'm grateful for the missionaries that taught me I'm grateful for a husband that honors this priesthood in my home I'm 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 grateful for all my relationships and my friends in the gospel I again would like to testify that I have a strong testimony of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father I am grateful for them in my lives and I ask that I might always remember them and that we might all remember them in all that we do. And I leave this with you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you so much, Deborah. I really appreciate it. I know our audience appreciates it. I just got goosebumps and I just have really enjoyed assembling this episode and just hearing of Deborah's faith. And I'm sure that you guys were impressed by the spirit as well. So we're going to end this episode with a little bit of I Know That My Redeemer Lives.
Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for your faith. God bless you. And remember to be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a hard battle. Stay safe, stay healthy. Most importantly, stay faithful. With love until next week.